Hey guys, welcome back. Um, Life of Education's podcast again. It's been a while. It's been a f- couple of months. We've just been busy over the summer, people traveling. But we're here today, Caroline and I, with Helen Farmer. Hi. Helen Farmer is the afternoon show host on Dubai Eye and someone that has pinged questions at us in the past. Yeah, this is going to be weird uh-huh. to be the one that's being interviewed, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. You'll do. You'll be able to, uh, all those times where you've been like, oh, I wish that guest would just mm-hmm. speak up. Yeah. Now you can be the perfect Great. guest. I'll try my best. <laughs> um, we were on Helen's show last week, or this might be two weeks by the time this goes out, uh, talking about Caroline's mountain challenge. And we actually made a agreement towards the end of the show. Did we? I don't remember which that Which we'll bit. get to. Oh, we definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, we'll get to that uh, a little bit later. But first, we want to talk about your fitness journey, because mm-hmm. before you, we started this morning, you told me, what was it, in the last year? In the last year, as of last week, I've lost 30 kilos. Oh my God, so, that's amazing. Yeah, I've that's been really working hard. Do you feel like a new woman? In some ways, I do, mm-hmm. but I think mentally nothing's changed in a lot of ways. It's a really odd way to talk about it. I find it's really strange to get my head around and it's only when you have really tangible milestones and that might be you know scale related or it could be trying on something like I put on jeans yesterday to go to the mall and by me walking between my bedroom and my front door they'd fallen down (laughs) it's like I don't think I can go to Festival City (laughs) like this so there's things like that that remind me or you know fitness level all the time and knee pain which we've talked about before made a huge difference but then there's some things I just feel like I don't look any different at all and I've got to make a real effort to go that was then this is now and you kind of check in like that but I think motherhood is a big part of it as well kind of gaining weight hormonal changes not having the time that I did have before I had kids to exercise and prioritize myself and meal plans so it has been a big Big shift. If you if you had have said, was it a year you said? Mm. If you had have said a year ago what you would have hoped to feel like if you're thirty kilos lighter, mm. what what would it have been? I think just feeling a little a lot more kind of confident in my skin and feeling a lot more pain free, really. Not that I'm completely pain free because I'm working out so I'm aching all the time, but I, I thought I'd have to live with a lot of aches and injuries. And not just not feeling comfortable and confident, and that's definitely changed. I feel a lot happier. And it really bothers me in some ways that it's taken losing weight to feel a lot more comfortable and positive, but it has. And I think a lot of people will understand that. As much as I want to be going, I was so happy, you know, 30 kilos ago, Mm. I don't think I really was. So I'm curious, can you tell me about the backstory? How, How did... How did you get to a place where you were like, okay, I need to change, I need to, to do something about it? That's a good question. Um, I think having the first baby, I put on 24 kilos. Mm-hmm. and then I, That's kind of normal. Though. It is pretty normal. Yeah. I've had friends that have gained like 30, yeah. 40 plus. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a really difficult place to get out of. And by the way, the whole you lose weight during breastfeeding, myth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so hungry because you're burning up so many calories so I would wake up at six and have like Weetabix and then go feed and then go back to sleep and then wake up and have another breakfast. And I just wanted carbs, carbs, carbs. So I think a lot of mums 
hang that hope on, well, yeah, I've put on all this weight, but I'll be running around and I'll be breastfeeding and you're not necessarily burning the calories that you'd hoped. So in the two years between um, babies, I lost maybe 10, 15 kilos, but then I put on another 24. So I never got back to that pre-pregnancy weight. And I wanted to enjoy the kids. I wanted to be around them and obviously balancing work as well. Definitely exercise and you know the dreaded self-care that uh, phrase got put on the back burner. So yeah, my weight just went up and up and up, and consequently my knee pain got more pronounced. And then I put off exercising because I didn't want to put myself in painful situations, which I think is really normal. And it's very common, yeah. And then you kind of go, well, I don't want to go to a class because I'm going to be the one that's weakest and the biggest and I'm not going to know what I'm doing so you have a, a gym anxiety I guess and then it just it just spirals but oh shit that can't be my phone can it that's so sorry that's alright do you want a glass of water as well by the way um uh, no I I'm okay okay I just, just realised we didn't offer you anything no 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 I'm so sorry that's fine we're not speaking to uh, hundreds of thousands of people on air right now. We We're right live, yeah. Like, His phone alarm just went off. We can chop this out. <laughs> um, so just go back to the bit about the anxiety and then I'll edit that bit yeah, out, the gym so, anxiety. So I had a huge amount of anxiety about going to classes and I think so many gyms and classes, there's mirrors everywhere and you can't help but compare well, yourself to the next person and no one wants to be in a situation where they're, they're rubbish. No, no one does. <laughs> So I just kept on putting it off and putting it off. Um, and at the end, I kind of reached the highest weight I'd been um, after having kids, if that makes sense. So I initially lost quite a bit and it just crept on and crept on and just thought, no, this is not um, this you, is not working. Can I ask you, do you feel like that was conscious? Because I know with a lot of people in the past, it's like they get to a place where it's the highest weight that they've ever been, but they didn't realise they got there until it, like a moment. That was like, oh. I remember going to the gym and I was seeing a PT for a while and being weighed and I just thought, this is a massive, massive reality check. And I like cried on the scales and felt really demotivated. And then I think around the same time, so it would be coming up to a year ago, I'd won an award and I you know, went on stage and got the award and you know, saw the photos and hated them. And then I got a message on my Facebook page, which was, um, oh, yeah, the Overeating Award. And I was like... Oh. Somebody wrote that in? Uh-huh. On Facebook? Uh-huh. With, so even with their name attached <laughs> yeah, to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was it like a, a, a guy who's known as a bit of a clown and trying no, to be funny? I, no, I don't think... I never didn't know who he was. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. People so that... What people are horrendous. Yes. Even with, I would have thought that would have been an anonymous, like... Yeah. Somebody would have shared from the back row or something. No, no, no. It was I it just wrote a comment. But but you know what? It has massively spurred me I on, was, and that, and that that kills yeah. me. But it, it definitely did. And thought, you know, when you get a glimpse of yourself, kind of in the wild, and you see yourself through someone's eyes, and you kind of go, maybe I've been in massive denial about this. Mm-hmm. So I decided I kind of set myself a goal that I was going to lose twenty kilos, and then I would start exercising because I didn't really want to put lots of unnecessary pressure on my knee at that stage. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to do it, do through food. So I was doing, I mean, we talk about this all the time, but you can't out-train a bad diet. So I was like, okay, we'll, we'll look at, look at food first. So portions massively came down, carbs came down, alcohol came down. Um, and then I think it's been really noticeable though, since I started exercising because that's a real motivator for me. I know you say, you know, it's, 
80-90% diet and the rest is exercise but if I'm exercising then I want to eat well because mm-hmm. yeah. it makes you feel good that's Thing about 100%. Exercise. It makes you feel amazing. And I don't want to jeopardise if I'm getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning to go to a class. Yeah. I don't want to have lunch and go, yeah, well, what was the point in getting up at that time to, you know, kill myself in the gym? See, I always find with food, it's almost the opposite. Like, exercise makes you feel good, but a mass bar makes you feel good. You know, mm. you don't feel good eating a salad. Uh-huh. So it, it's almost like... Like, you have to pair and marry the two together Definitely. in order to get this really good balance. Definitely. Otherwise, like, you're eating the Mars bar because it's yummy. Yeah. Like. 100%. I mean, it's yummy at the time. Yeah. And then it's like, meow, and I yeah. feel but atrocious. That's, that's, yeah, definitely in mind. So, I'm still, you know, having treats and wine and, you know, the kind of the, the normal stuff that we do, but... So, when you say having treats, right, because I have this... Treats. Yeah. What, so, when would you have a treat? Do, do you mean as a, like I'll give a treat to my dog when it's when it's done a good thing? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh no, it's not like emotionally attached. I'm trying to I'm trying to not do that. I'm not like I've been a really good mum today, so I'm going to have some chocolate. I think buttons. I think that's important to highlight that that's because mm. I know people who always oh, had a little treat last night. Oh yeah, why? What did you do? Did you like close it, a deal in jar in the job yeah. or did you? Whoa. No, I just... No, it's more like if I really fancy something, and I think every woman will understand, like, hormones play a mega role. So if I fancy, you know, if I fancy chocolate, I'll have some chocolate. It's not, I'm not going to, like, beat myself up about it. But equally, I've got two girls in the house. I don't want to be emotionally attaching, you know, weird things to food. I don't want them to go, oh, I've been a really good girl, so I'm only allowed ice cream today. No, you can have, you can have this, you can have that, it doesn't matter. But that's something I'm super aware of now, and that's been a big part of me trying to lose weight. Is that I do want to be a good, a good example for the girls. So when that, they say in the morning, "Why are you going to the gym again?" which I get <laughs> every every day. Why do? Will you be How super quick? They? Two and four. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm in the trenches. <laughs> but they'll be like, "Why do you have to go to the gym?" I don't want to say, "Oh, it's so I can you know get to my goal weight of you know another 10, 15 kilos off." It's more like. I'm strong and fit so we can have fun because I don't want to be that mum who goes to soft play and, you know, is too heavy to go on the dodgems or is, you know, feels uncomfortable on the trampoline. Like, I want to be active and involved and engaged, but the food treat issue is, it's a real problem. Mm. It really is. So talk then a little bit about the knee pain. What was going on with your knees? Because so you spoke about it a little bit. I remember... I've had knee problems since I was 12 and this is like a... A family thing. My grandfather was a professional footballer and he had knee problems. My mum's had knee problems. And when I got to about 12, I started having knee pain. And I was super sporty. I did lots of netball, lots of hockey, skiing. And one day I was rollerblading and I came off the path onto some wet grass and my foot just went out from under me and I dislocated my knee. So my kneecap went to about a good kind of six inches below where it should have been. Right. And... I blacked out from the pain and I don't remember, but apparently the language was not appropriate for a 13 year old. (laughs) So it was put back in. It was my mum had a friend who was a nurse, so she was there and that went back in. And then it was been kind of weak ever since I dislocated it another two times, once skiing and once just going downstairs and it went out. And when I was about 22 and had had an arthroscopy to remove some bone that had chipped off during the dislocation. And since then, I've just had to wear a support. I've never really successfully strengthened the muscles around it. It hasn't dislocated since, but I've always felt very vulnerable. So what I'm doing now is some things with physio to to, to strengthen it. But I think obviously not carrying 
as much weight has been mm-hmm. the most impactful thing I could have done. So I'm exercising now about four or five times a week and doing F45. So I'm doing kind of a mixture of weights and cardio, more weights than cardio because burpees, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and they do these surf burpees in some classes where you go like pop up on the side. It's horrendous. But way more weights yeah. than, um, than I actually thought I would do or get results from. Because... I think there's a big myth around women and weights, but I'm well, really the big, enjoying there's it. There's a big concern that uh, you see up. bodybuilder women on stage mm-hmm. and you see them, how they got there and you think, if I do that, I'm going to look like that. that. Yeah. I don't want to look like that. Yeah, and it's just that, you know, once you get into it and you understand a bit more. But from the outside, it's, it's that fear. Yeah, uh, huge. Um, but having been in the gym and seeing other women doing weights and thinking, she looks phenomenal and I know she comes here all the time and she's not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say? I was going to say um, something about the. I think as well with the thing with weight training, this is what gets me, is the more weights I do when I watch, I try never to get on a scale because it really affects me psychologically. Uh-huh. So if I do and that number is higher and I've gone to the gym a lot, that that's what bugs me. So I try not to ever go on. And so just I kind of focus on shape and feel. Yeah, feel mostly. It's mostly clothes. I like to, like, if my jeans feel loose, then I'm like, yeah, happy It's working. Yeah, it's denser, feel, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> that's often but, the best way to do it, though. But I feel like some some women, and I, I say that because that happens to me, get attached to, okay, if I go to the gym, I actually am heavier. Mm-hmm. Even though they know the yeah. science, they know that muscle weighs more than fat, and yeah. that's why it's hard to get around mm-hmm. that. And it becomes really demotivating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I get I get that. I really, really do and I, th- I think for me it's been a key of what exercise is working for me I don't just mean working for body type and shape and I mean it's got to be slight slotting into a busy life I really like group classes I hadn't quite appreciated that how much like I really enjoy that bit of and yet cheesy you know a high five at the end like you know like oh god but actually it's, oh god yeah thank you yeah but thank you, you. Wait, give me, go give on me, all give 12 me. of you go on, <laughs> line up yeah <laughs> Yeah, we do it. We do on a fr- I go on a Friday. I do a circuit class on a Friday, just based on that. Because if I don't, I'll stay in bed on a Friday. I won't do anything Friday, mm-hmm. and there's a slim chance I'll do something on a Saturday. So let me just get the worst, most intense, high energy session. Get that on a Friday. Yeah, and then you feel like you've set yourself up for the week. If I'm sitting on the couch on a Friday, I'm like, oh, okay, at least yeah, exactly. Take that box, yeah. And that, and and I think the group thing can be really motivating because you get to know people and you get to have a bit of a social side as well because when I've had personal trainers in the past because I do present a radio show I feel the need to keep the conversation going for an hour and I'm like why am I paying to like interview you (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's massive social pressures around it so for this I'm doing some physio and some kind of exercise around that F45 maybe four or four times four or five times a week and I'm doing yoga so I need... And how's that. the yoga on the knee? It's all yin yoga, so it's all on the mat and lots of deep... There are some things I can't... Favorite type of yoga. Is it? Yeah. Lying down. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, do you know what I love about it? It's all the bolsters and the... Oh, I just like, like prop me up. I know, give me another blanket. Yeah. And I think the class I go to, she comes around with essential oil, so she'll kind of like rub stuff on you. Yeah, and spray. Yeah, <laughs> it's... um. It's amazing. Yeah. But there are some things I can't do, so kind of kneeling and leaning back and things like that I can't do with the knee. But as you say, with the in, there are bolsters and blocks and things, so I can mm-hmm. always support. 
I think I'm I'm quite hypermobile as well, so there's some things I can do really well, but probably just what I want to ask you about when you said your grandfather and your mum, mm. did they dislocate their knees? Mm-hmm. So what? Did anyone explain what might be happening no. there? No. So she so may have last ligaments, but also so if you take your cartoon bone, you got yes. the long shaft and you got the two condyles at the end. Yeah. If you have big sphere, big big circles at the end. You've got a big valley that your kneecap will sit in. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult for it to get up and over the edge yeah. to, to pop out. If you've got a genetic disposition where you've it's got shallow, shallow. condyles, mm. any sort of rotational force that's beyond it, it'll just flick up and flick over. Yeah, so I hate to be the one that says this too, but yin yoga is probably... Not the good thing to do. Yeah, yeah. especially if, you, if you're quite lax. I am. Um, like, yeah, and very hypermobile, then strength stuff is probably... But, but, but how long have you been doing it for? Will they give me ginger tea at the end and spray oils on me? <laughs> how long have you been doing it for? Um, on and off for about three years. Ah, uh, look, you're, you're okay. Yeah. It's not going to... The re, the new introduction to the gym, the circuit classes, is going to put more stress through that joint mm-hmm. than three years later of yang. so you yeah. should be fine. Like an hour a week. Amazing. Yin's great. I always feel so relaxed. Yeah, but I go in the morning and I've got to go to work. I'm like, uh, brain dead for the first wow. few hours. Whereas <laughs> I used to go to a class in the evening and yeah. they do, I think, 45 minutes of yin and then 45 minutes of meditation at the yeah, end. Yeah, you should it go was back to that. bliss. I love the candle Me too. classes. Like, you walk out of there and you're like, I'm ready for bed. <laughs> but it's taken a long time for me to kind of dissociate yoga with being kind of certain body types as well. Because I, you know, I've been to classes where they go, yeah, it's quite a gentle class, and you get there and some guy with like, you know, a ponytail and is you know, running shorts, doing headstands to warm up, and I'm like, this is not, <laughs> these are not my people, you know, and and I'm like, can we just like, can we just lie down and stretch a bit? Um, but I went to a really amazing class about two years ago with um, a yoga instructor from the states. Um, she's got her Instagram page, which is called uh, My Name Is Jessamine, mm-hmm. and she's plus size and she's very vocal and body positive about yoga being for everybody mm-hmm. every physical you know shape of body as well and she came to Dubai and did a class and it was truly emotional because you had people of all different ages and sizes in her class pretty much everybody crying because she was just like you can do this you might not be able to do everything but yoga is about getting to a point mentally as well as physically and everyone is capable of doing that and it was such an amazing experience and that's kind of changed my attitude a little bit towards not just yoga but towards feeling like I can go to a gym and feel like I'm you know, oh, well, allowed to be there. Can. There's, there's another woman called Nola Trees, she's also a plus size yoga teacher but like very, very, very open about about her body, that she's on some of her Instagram posts totally naked. Same <laughs> thing. Yeah. It's, but I think it does take it does take a certain instructor to understand that insecurities or like roles, like things can get in the way of certain poses and that, you know, you can do things in, in different ways. But you've got to be able to see it, haven't yeah. you? You've got to, yeah. you can't see it, that, you can't be me, it. That's so brave. Like I would never put my body naked on display. And like to, for her to do that, it's brave. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. So if you want some more inspiration, I'll have a look. But I do feel like social media gets such a bad rap in so many ways about, oh, it's setting up unrealistic expectations and, you know, for teenagers. And I, I do agree in that is the case. But there are these people, there are these communities and feeds where there is some inspiration there and there's someone you can go, yeah, she looks like me and she's doing that. Like, that's, that is amazing. Yeah. And we see it a lot for things like people getting over eating disorders or, um, you know, mental health awareness. Like, I feel like... 
Social media does do some pretty amazing things sometimes. Yeah, it really can. I know a couple of weeks ago, I, I got to my four years after my accident, so I started posting all my photos. Like, And then I remember um, there was several people who had been through like some really bad trauma, and they're like, how did you do that? And I was like, oh, you can do this. Like, Just keep your head up. But like, you must look going. back and go, how did I get through that often? you know? Mm. I think we often don't give ourselves credit because you just... Every day you just grind out and yeah. you know do I what you can. The same thing with your weight loss journey. It's like you just you got to put on, pull up your socks every mm. day and just like get your mind into a good place and you're going to do this. Yeah. And I think the important thing. This is what I found. I don't know if you found this as well. It's your mind is ninety percent of that journey. So I've got to feed my mind the most positive thing imaginable, and that is that's what's going to keep motivating mm. me to keep going forward. So it's like every day I wake up, I listen to something good, and I'm like, I'm ready. I got this. I, I can do this. And Nikki, to be kind to yourself, that every day is not going to be amazing, but yeah. it's okay just to kind of put that aside and make the next day, yeah. you know, better if you can. But one thing I'm feeling really self conscious about is like, all the compliments. <laughs> really really silly about it what are you doing I don't know I don't know because I'm just not I think I think you can't help but feel like quite exposed a lot of the time and everyone's like oh this is great this is great and I I really do appreciate it but I I feel like very self-conscious about it are you struggling with the imposter syndrome a little bit yeah you just don't know what to say because it's a bit awkward I just say thank you yeah but yeah I do feel a bit kind of self-aware do you talk about it on your social media yeah a little bit but then of course I get people commenting saying this looks great where'd you buy that da, 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 da. and then they get a lot of people messaging me going hi how 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 as if there's going to be some kind of you know, secret that's the thing I mean I people want I and mean, when you tell them the same thing that they've been told four, 400 times they get annoyed at you no I, so I, can, maybe, I can't do that maybe we can you can tell people ex- exactly what did you do what was the, mm-hmm. aside from going to class, the meal plans, the cutting the portions, yeah. were, were you doing anything else to facilitate that, that journey? How did you manage it with the kids and the food? Like yeah. when, with the dinners and the shopping and all that stuff? Because that's what I, I don't struggle with that because I don't have any kids, mm-hmm. worth saying. But people that I am training and in the gym, it's like it's just so difficult with the kids. Um, I think it is. I think um, a big part of it for me is recognising when I'm not hungry and why I'm eating or why I was eating for the wrong reasons. And bear in mind, I live with a guy who is six foot three. He's a big guy, like big portions in the house. So recognising that I don't have to eat everything that he eats, <laughs> you know. And as we talked about before, it not being a treat, so not having this to celebrate or not having something when I feel sad or lonely or bored or because I'm watching something and eating something has to be part of that experience you know and that's been a bit of a a bit of a re-education as well so I think every parent will know that if there's leftovers on a kid's plate you are going to nibble at them like you are because you know first of all you don't want to waste food but second of all it's there so if I have done that then not eating as much as I would have done in the evening because I've already effectively had a mini meal of you know peas and potato waffles and leftover fish fingers <laughs> you know <laughs> because it does it does really it does add up do you have a dog I've got two dogs do you just ship it to them no or? I do not although, uh, one of our dogs put on three kilos when, when my kids started eating solid food because <laughs> on the on the kind of high chair tray she would just throw things off yeah. Java's got 
huge. <laughs> so no, they both, they both get weighed on a regular basis. Um, so it's a case of just like getting it straight into the bin. Yeah. Or if I do have something, not having as much as I would have done in the evening. But it's, you know, eating in the morning as well, I don't necessarily eat straight away because I'm not hungry. I don't actually normally get hungry until about half past nine, ten o'clock. So not going, right, seven o'clock, I should have some food because it's breakfast time. Yeah. Does that make sense? Have yeah, you, yeah. <clears throat> have you ever found, because I've read something really interesting about hunger and thirst, that a lot of people cannot differentiate, mm. even though you, you get clear signals that you're really thirsty, and they say that that's meant to be like you're dehydrated, but a lot of the time the really subtle like, oh, I'm going to eat, is actually I'm really thirsty. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm normally, what I normally do is, so, you know, back to school, the, the routine is, I'll get up, I'll have some, I'll have some water. I'll take the kids to school, and by the time I get back from that, by like 7, 45, 8 o'clock, I'll have normally drunk about a litre and a half of water. So I feel like as long as I kind of get a good start on water, then I'll just drink all through the day, and I'll normally end up having about four. So the water thing, I'm pretty good on. Yeah, that's great. It's just the timings. Are you? Yeah. Not about me. But you've got to bear in mind in the studio. I actually didn't I, say I've anything. Got... Did you hear me say anything? It was a look. I felt, I felt an exchange. A... <laughs> if anybody listening to the audio, you guys can rewind that back and see I didn't say anything. For those of you watching, it's definitely <laughs> something. Um, but you've got to bear in mind in the studio, we're not allowed to have water, right? So I noticed you have your little purple drink bottle on the edge. It's always there in the green room. So between two and five, I can't sip at water. So if I kind of front load all of my water between you know, six and two then I can kind of nip out and have a little sip. So Why did they change that? I... Because we used to be... we've got brand new technology in the studio. In the old studio, we could have like meals yeah. in there. We had a, a brunch show where chefs would come in and cook in the studio, but now oh, So what do you do in those shows? We change it. Or we go and eat, we go and eat in the green room. But yeah, it's frustrating. It's, do you have like a little portable studio that you can do it with? I wish. Oh, you don't? So you just yeah. go out and talk about it? And then come back in again. And yeah. eat again. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you about eating before working out because... I find exercising in the evening just almost impossible because I've done a you know full day's work, kids to bed. I just I find it really hard to motivate myself to get off the sofa at kind of seven thirty and go and do a class. So I do everything in the morning, but I don't eat before. Is that a problem? No, no, no. You are working probably for an hour, maybe hour and fifteen if you like did some extra bit yourself, max. So in the, at that level, you don't really need to worry about extra fuel and extra extra um, fuels like carbs and stuff you've got it all in you yeah. you've got it all you would need to hydrate just because you don't know what you sweat out overnight mm-hmm. so it's best definitely hydrate loads of people will have a coffee in the morning um, so just definitely get your water in you can have a coffee but unless you're going to go for a long long endurance yeah. thing you'll be fine on empty stomach an easy way to kind of understand it and gone all the way back um, to the Paleolithic times and all that. Like they woke up with no food, they had to go out and they had to hunt for long times on an empty stomach. So, oh, so me going around the corner to F45 is absolutely fine. Totally fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so if I'm not eating before the gym, and I normally go, I'm normally finished by kind of 8:30. What should I be having for breakfast? Um, after the gym, once you have done your session it doesn't really it, it could almost forget what time of the day it is okay it's just in relation to now your body's been depleted of sugars proteins energy and liquids so you could have a simple breakfast and crack on crack on with your day 
But somewhere, if you're, what time did you say you finish at? Like nine ish? So somewhere around 11, you're going to start to get hungry because mm-hmm. now you're like, you're in, you finish your initial recovery phase where the proteins and the aminos have all been replenished. So I would simply say have a protein shake and have something that doesn't get become too heavy. Loads of people have to eat in a rush because they have a meeting and they end up feeling like they've got a lead stone in their stomach. So you can have a normal breakfast. I would probably advise more just keep it light and then throughout the rest of the day just eat as normal okay. um but well, yeah once you like if you're if you begin to it's, it's more it's the uh, what might be more helpful is to look at the days you don't exercise so you've woken up in the morning and you haven't been to the gym so now it is y- your body is working from the, the waking periods rather than the post-exercise period so in that instance then if you if you were to skip breakfast and kind of push your fasting time a little bit later in the morning, um, you'll have a bit more success then throughout the day, not relying so much on sugars. If you can then say avocado or something fatty, almonds. I don't like avocado. I don't know how I'm allowed to exist in 2019 and not like avocado. It's a big winner. Yeah, and I don't like bananas. Yeah, do you like know it's that problematic. They say that and out of all the fruits, you could live off an avocado. That would be the mm. the one. Just yeah. avocado forever. Like more le- more than the others. I, look, I read this a long time ago. Like, <laughs> hung on to the avocado fact. <laughs> I didn't read the rest of the research, but it was it was basically talking that it's about everything you eat. It's got yeah, fats in it. It's got a lot of fat in it, so mm. you can you can sustain yourself and, and a lot of calories. You could sustain yeah. yourself off an avocado. Okay. So I'll yeah, try. something fatty. Like a, lots of salt and pepper, maybe. Mm-hmm. Tried that. Maybe some like yeah. make a guacamole Maria Benitez with nachos. Yeah, or just yeah. hold your nose. And See, yeah, down. Like, maybe put it in a smoothie then. In Australia, we have we have certain staple foods, and it's really interesting to hear people who don't like avocado because it's like, oh my god, I grew up eating avocado. That's it's bizarre. Yeah. But um, yeah, salt, pepper. What? That's it's I'm trying to think what the staple food in England would be. Um, cereal, like just cereal, cereal in the morning. Yeah, it is. Cereal with milk. Porridge and porridge as well. What yeah. Is that other stuff. There's a lot of music. Sunday, Sunday roast stuff. You have staple Sunday roast yeah, things. So. Irish people have potatoes. Sta- <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and potato crisps. Yeah, potato crisps are they're they're big, but um, the other one then you've got like your stews, thing called coddle. I don't know. If... Well, my mum's Irish. Oh, is she? Oh yes. Coddle does not sound. Coddle's like champ. A, a, and what? Champ. Champ. Where's your mum from? She's from the north. Oh. Um, I don't know what champ is. Oh. Champ's like mashed potato with thick stuff in it. So you could add like, like cabbage yeah, and spring onions yeah. or like some bacon bits and things. With loads of milk and loads of butter. Like it's not like, it doesn't look like potato anymore. No. It's just this orange yellow cream. Okay, right. So breakfast. That, okay, that's fine. I was just worried that I wasn't maybe getting the most out of workouts if I wasn't eating before. But I really don't fancy. No, 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 no. Definitely not. Okay. No. It's just after you just treat your post-workout time like any time of the day. Mm-hmm. Get a protein shake in. Here's what might be worth. I know you d- you mentioned that you don't drink coffee. Yeah. Coffee after the sessions. So you need to go one way or another. You need to, you need to become. Um, anabolic parasympathetic after you, you exercise so that you're recovering coffee shifts you the other way so you should try and avoid having coffee after your session okay 
because it keeps you more catabolic. I've been doing that, so yeah. stop for me. <laughs> Lots of people straight out of the gym into the coffee shop get a coffee off they go in the car and it's like, oh, you're good. Some people have coffee addictions. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just push that, push that exact coffee half an hour. Uh, that's all it would be. Yeah. Just, well, if you can go an hour better, but like get your protein in, let your body absorb that, get in the rebuilding mode and then go to sort of rebuilding high enough almost on this imaginary spectrum and then bring it down with a coffee. Because you do need the coffee, especially after a session. People are a bit tired and a bit brain dead. Especially but, going into work. Yeah. Um, but I think what, what I'm kind of stuck in now is the weight loss has definitely slowed down. And I don't know if I can eat much less than I am. Um, and I don't know if exercise... Maybe I need to... I'm not a natural runner at all. But maybe... What do you think would be useful? Here's... <clears throat> would you like to hear my advice? I think so. Yeah, do, yeah, go for it. Like, I think you need to do what makes you happy, do you know? So, like, if F45 makes you happy, do that. If, like, I don't know, running doesn't make you happy, don't, don't do, do that. that. Yeah. I think it's going to be swimming. I think yeah. it's going to be getting back now the weather's getting a little bit cooler. Yeah. Of doing, so I live really close to the beach, doing a bit of a beach walk, having a swim, and then walking um, back. The other thing, so the reason that I say that is... Uh, so I spent some time in, in Bangladesh and what was really interesting at the time I was doing my master's and we were looking at maternal and child mentality in the developing world. And one of the really interesting observations that I picked up from that, I think I've said this to you like a million times, is that obviously there's a lot of uh, foodborne illnesses and foodborne diseases. There's short stature, there's um, malnourishment and the foodborne diseases that affect how people develop. But I remember going to a lot of these places and seeing these tiny, 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 tiny people eating huge mounds of rice. Like, I'm talking like I was sitting there with, like, my little, like, portion-controlled amount of rice, and, and they were, like, piglets. Like, it was... Putting it away. Yeah, yeah, and these huge, enormous portions. And what was really interesting about that is that you don't see any gyms, you don't see any fitness places, any Pilates classes, any yoga classes, but what you do see is their activity levels mm -hmm. are huge. So what that means is that throughout their day, they are constantly moving and constantly doing stuff. And it is that activity level that allows them to eat huge amounts of carbohydrates and not need to go to the gym. So if we take that observation only and put it here, we go to the gym for an hour, but then our activity level throughout the day is very... And that's 100% me, yeah. really zero so after that. We like wake up from bed from sleeping eight hours a day, sit at the kitchen table, have breakfast, drive to work, drive, sit in, in, a, like, mm. in a studio. Or a desk, yeah, or office a desk, situation. Right, eight yeah. hours, get back into the car, get back home and... Really, we don't even in Dubai. We don't even clean our house. Especially, especially in Dubai, because in England, I would you know, walk forty-five minutes to work. You'd also go up and down work. a couple of flights of stairs. Always, yeah. Not here. Not here. Yeah. Or walk to the shops, grab yeah. a coffee. Like there's, it's it's a lot more. So I, I don't know. That observation to me is so interesting because it really identifies that it's not so much what we do, like I'm going to the gym, but it's what we do throughout mm -hmm. the day. So finding a way to make your lifestyle much more active. So like, for so example... In, in the breaks at work, yeah, well, running laps. Yeah, or just like cleaning our own house. Mm -hmm. or Like, for example, I make it a ritual that I walk my dogs every morning and every evening. 
and I, it's like I listen to a podcast, I put my little phone strap on and I walk around. That's my and husband I, because he works in Abu Dhabi, so he's in the car Yeah, a lot. Yeah. So if he doesn't walk dogs, then he it's does zero. Yeah. Yeah. So before I wake up, I've already done like, so my, my watch normally tells me how many steps I do every day and I've done like 5,000 before I do anything else. And That's then really in the good, evening, yeah. I've got 5,000. Mm-hmm. So I've walked... Three and a half k's in the morning, three and a half k's in the evening, and it's literally it's the prettiest walk. It's like around the lake and stuff. But it's and I didn't realize that until I started thinking about well, how do I bring in more like movement? Mm-hmm. And now yeah. I try not to drive to the corner store from Insta Shop. But my, my <laughs> but it's so you, easy here, isn't it? It is. And my point is, maybe I can impart a little bit of wisdom to this to find things that you love doing and just build and do those and build them into your life and then try and be more aware of the things that you do and try and do more Mm -hmm. in your daily life as opposed to eating less and trying to find more time to do classes it's like okay well I'm at home I've maybe there's something that I can do I can play with With my kids kids. or when I send them to the water park I'm Mm going to go into the water park too or maybe joining your husband on that walk in the morning like things like 4am Yeah, that's perfect. Like, that's, that's before fun. your gym. That's you know, you, that's <laughs> what are you doing at four AM instead? Sleeping. Oh, yeah. Hey, sleep is important. Yeah, it's, it's I'm reading a book now. Really while you sleep, book. Uh, read, oh, read. there's a great podcast on um, TED Talks about the importance of sleep. Who's it by? I have to look it up. Matthew you. Walker. Yes, my yeah, page. he's the author of this book. Yeah. And it talks about he's how the same impo- Joe Rogan guy, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. The, the sleep impacts everything from cardiovascular health. So it talks about how there's like the biggest experiment in the world when the hours change when mm-hmm. the, you, know, you adjust your clocks. We don't do it in Dubai, but in other parts of the world. And an hour less sleep, they see something like a 23% spike in heart attacks. Wow. And then conversely, it goes down when you get an hour more sleep. So, so, I, so um, that's just good I health. I would definitely <laughs> recommend reading his book on that, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Um, the first 25 pages, I was like, I really need to take a pen out and start like writing stuff down. He's just straight in with the facts, something you'd, you'd never really think about. And fertility as well. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. And, you know, there basically people can be sleepwalking towards death yeah. really by not having enough. Because we do tend to fetishize, oh, I only had four hours sleep last night. Oh, I only need four yeah. hours sleep. Um, it's, it's ridiculous. We, I mean, I, I had the most beautiful nap yesterday. Well, that's know, also no really regrets. important. And it'll, it'll explain why I'll be butchering it. I haven't quite finished it, so I, the, the knowledge isn't embedded enough for me to talk about it. But um, it talks about the importance of... The main thing is that you can't bank sleep. No. So it can't like, okay, well, tomorrow I'm up, so I'll, I'll, I'll do 14 hours today. It doesn't work like that. You can catch up pretty quick as long as you're not chronically... But the most, um, the most important thing I took from it is about having going to bed and waking up at the same mm. time. So your body is really kind of getting the most from it. And it's hard when you've got kids. It is because they're up, they want you, they wake up early. My kids are awake at kind of 5.45 most mornings, um, but they might come in for a bit of a snuggle at some point or asking for water or the toilet. So you're not getting these long stretches. And the first six months of each of their lives were horrendous. Like Mm. truly, you feel like you're just not part of reality. Like your eyelids have, you know, turned inside out and you're (laughs) exhausted and you know, you wake up in the night and you just think, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, especially if you're breastfeeding, which I did for the first couple of months. And you think, no one else can do this for me. <laughs> it's, it's rough. Okay. It's really rough. So hopefully we're kind of coming out of the worst of that now. But if I can be... I'm a, I'm a shadow. I'm asleep by kind of 9, 30, 10 o'clock every night. I am. 
It's not a bad thing. Yeah, but what are, your options it. at that stage are sleep or stay up watching another episode of that show on yeah, Netflix. Exactly. Yeah, Look, I, I'm a big advocate for sleep. I have this, I've told you this a million times over, but I remember after my accident, I was in, like at home. And you're healing. And, like you need more sleep oh, when you're healing. This, this is exactly, exactly what I remember. I remember sleeping 20 hours a day <gasps> and waking up and something was different and noticeably different. Like one day I went to bed, I slept 20 hours, I woke up the next day because all I would do was sleep for six months. And I remember being able to move my leg the next day and going, oh my God, like I could not do that. And I know 100% that it was happening when I was sleeping. My body was just like, not like, we don't need you, <laughs> you sleep. Yeah. And just inside fixing everything. That's and exactly what happens, yeah. No, I know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's but amazing. to feel it and yeah. to wake up the next day. Yeah, and it to be kind of quantifiable and yes, noticeable. Yes, and consciously be able to go, do you know what? Actually, wow. Like, that's that's amazing. Yeah. So, wow. Sleep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the military got on. I worked at the military. The guys used to always be like, oh, sorry, Sarge. I didn't have time for, to do whatever. And he's like, did you sleep last night? It's like, yeah. Well, then you had time. That's oh, not a good attitude. <laughs> But that's very old school. Like that's military. Happy. Like, let's push you to yeah, the breaking yeah. point and not really understanding yeah. the physiological aspects of, of why nutrition and sleep and, like, proper, like, mental attitude, those things are Yeah, or mental health, you yeah. know, in terms of anxieties and, yeah, it's, it is essential. So I have been trying mm. instead of watching just, you know, another episode. Yeah, so. well, that's it. That's the thing. Oh, that's the... But it's hard, though, because if you're working and, you know, you've got... So it's just oh, hard the, the shows are so good and the shows are so no, addictive. But you want to feel like you want to have like an evening, don't yeah. you, before you go to sleep? Otherwise, yeah. what are you doing? You feel like sleeping. you're in a bad race. Yeah. 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 What have we seen? Oh, I was going to talk about like The Handmaid's Tale, how addictive some of those shows are. And it's like, I have to watch the next one. Your eyes are like closing. <laughs> yeah, Netflix's biggest competitor is sleep. <laughs> but it's by the stats because like are you still there mm-hmm. that's why people there's more nothing be, worse than that more, pop up be like yes I am uh, stop judging yeah, me yeah I am of course <laughs> this has got me it's only, only two o'clock I, I got up early for this <laughs> but I remember the first thing I got really hooked on was 24 and having the like the DVD box set and it invaded my sleep like I dream about it and then I remember waking up in the morning and seeing a copy of Seven Days and being like why aren't they talking about the nuclear warhead, you know? <laughs> it was all-consuming. It is, yeah, it's dangerous. But if I can try and get some good kind of sleep habits, because the problem is if I'm out at the weekend, then I'm still going to be getting up at 5.40. Yeah. And the thing with kids is that you can put them to bed an hour or two late if you're on holiday or something's happened. They're still going to wake up at 5.40. Like, they don't understand the concept of a lion at all. Yeah, so true. yesterday we had a nice kind of team nap, me and my two-year-olds. Perfect. it's lovely like I love sleeping with our dogs like I have the best naps with my dogs <laughs> what is it about like sleeping with them it's I so know, nice they're so they just sleep way. all the time yeah ours yeah. do but it's something about like the rhythm the breathing and like, the weight of them next to you it's so my nice my dog snores like really what kind of dog is it it's a mix with a chow and something else but he's, he's, he honks away does he <laughs> 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 I, couldn't, I couldn't do that yeah. it's alright it's nice like it's just Comforting. What really gets me and is this other sound that he makes, where he licks his, he like, like, a, like, a, like a kind of shock it. Yeah, I can't, I can't deal with that sound. I can't. Do you, yeah, do, do you, you not like hearing story. people? Can you, if you hear people eating, does that yeah. gross you out? So I listen to podcasts. The reason why we have usually got handheld mics, which 
I forgot them today, so we're using this that other is. contraption, which is why the sound is not as good as it usually is. But I refuse to get lapel mics mm -hmm. because as we're talking, Caroline might have a drink and then just go gulp. Basically, it's me that's No, 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 it's not. It's because there's three people here. So while two are talking, someone could just grab a drink and just go gulp. I can't. So I've been listening to a podcast. There's one particular, I love it. It's an American one, it's kind of a political one. And at least three times an episode, it just happens. And I'm like, oh, oh it's just completely turned me off. I but the content's really good. Everything, I love the show, but it's just, I'm waiting. Just send them an email, tell them. There must be a, you wouldn't be no, the only one. She just has. Have a problem, like. Well, there's that sound and just mouth sounds. That's why I don't like bananas. The sound of people eating bananas makes my stomach turn. That kind of. There's also that Ugh. sometimes that radio DJ sound. I don't know if you know hey, any, if you know any hey. DJs where they get the little. Guests do that. Ooh. If guests have got dry mouths, I'm always like, um, a song's coming up. If you want to go oh, and drink a drink of water, you need to make that. You need to make that more known that that's what that means. Yeah. If you ever say that to me, don't just say here. I can hear yeah, your yeah. mouth. <laughs> Your mouth's being really yeah, I can noisy. Hear you on the things, so you just, just just get a lip, get get a thing. Like I can't even watch people kissing on TV shows. This He's must weird. have impact on no. your romantic life. I think <laughs> I think you just have one of issues. Those. Yes, it's just mouth sounds. <laughs> it's just mouth sounds. People eat loudly, drink loudly, blowing noses. No, I that's also, all right. I also had like three months of whooping cough. I remember <gasps> like. Three months. No, it was it's on the podcast for longer than three months. It's, it's almost <laughs> more than nine months. <laughs> I couldn't get it to go away, so I was always like... <clears throat> but the problem talk. is, like, I got really sick when we moved to our new studio because I was like under an AC unit, so I was getting like bronchitis and always you know, coughing. And we were in AC so much here. Yeah. It wrecked my skin, it, you know, and I've kind of got used to it now, but... I can't wait until it gets cooler. We were on the yeah. beach this morning and it's like, it was okay. nice today, wasn't it? It was really nice, yeah, but well. it's so easy to be like, mm, it's, still, it's still August, September, it's still too hot to be out there. Not if you get there early, it's actually yeah, it's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. But that's why we live in Dubai, it's like when it's, because when it's nice, it yeah. is bliss. I, I would, and that's the thing, I think when the weather gets cooler, I can't wait to be outside and exercising outside more. Like that's what makes me kind of happy and energized seeing people doing their walk on the beach and I, I love it Just kind of so I was going to say earlier one of the things that you could introduce to your exercise regime mm -hmm. is some sort of walk okay maybe a hike if mm -hmm. you can find luckily there's not too many hills not many uh, not many hills in Dubai. because and it's good that you want to get outside again because we spoke on the radio I know where this is going because mm -hmm. <laughs> Caroline's event challenge mountain Climbing is in association with Gulf for Good, which is, do you want to just quickly say what Gulf for Good is? Yeah, so basically, um, I mean, do you know a lot about Gulf for Good? Yeah, so they're like a, a charity organization based here in the UAE, and they raise money for lots of other little projects all over the world, and they're normally to do with children and education and health and things like that. So a charity, say from Uganda, will petition them we want to build a school we need this much money and then golf for good will be like okay we'll support this and kind of build project. a challenge around it yeah build a challenge around it and then raise funds for that particular school so they can build whatever it is that they're they're doing or towards the educational costs or something along those lines um so they do lots of challenges and i think they do six a year five or six a year and they're all super active though. 
Yeah, yeah, they're super active, but really achievable, really, really achievable. Like I think, uh, well, going back to this challenge, basically next year they're doing an Everest Base Camp Challenge. So you walk for 10 days um, throughout like Nepal until you just get walk, to... Just walk, easy. That's yeah, fine, just a stroll. Easy. Yeah. Okay. In like zero temperature. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Too snow and glaciers. So on the show, we basically agreed slash you challenged us. So are we going to do it? Yeah, let's do it. So basically what happened was we I said to Helen, I'll go if you go. And you said... Fine. Because <laughs> my issue has been with losing weight and becoming fitter. That's all great, blah, blah, blah. But to what end, to yeah. what means. And I think it's really useful in life, both you know career and personal and you know physically, to have some... Goals and milestones in mind, and I haven't had that, apart from I'll be great to fit into the jeans I wore before I got pregnant, you know, like, um, but I've, I've have been missing some, some kind of goal. And that's so maybe point. that goal could be yeah. well, that's it. it's Everest done. Base Camp. Over here, we'll do it later, I've got three registration forms. Oh my out. God, no, you haven't. Yeah, so, you yeah, they're just there, so <laughs> oh, no. we'll find a pen, and we'll do it off camera, we'll do it later. And um, we need a photo of us doing this. Yeah, yeah. you come prepared. Evidence. Yeah. Well, so what do I need to know about Everest Base Camp? I've had, I mean, I googled Everest Base Camp clothes mm-hmm. and Everest Base Camp fitness. Good. So you're into it. Yeah, I'm into Good. it. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I think, I think the thing with with Everest Base Camp is obviously you need to be prepared in terms of the clothing, the attire, because you don't want to get there and be freezing. That's the most. Do you get miserable when you're cold? I find it so distracting. Welcome, me too. Um, And if I go back to England, even kind of October, November time, if I'm cold, it's all I think about. Like it consumes me. Yeah, I've been here twelve years. Like my, it's changed me. Yeah, me too. So I get two things that make like I'm a relatively happy person, but there are two things that make me really angry. One is when I don't sleep, and two is when I'm cold. Yeah, I get great. Worried. So this could be just, really just yeah. a couple more on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the sake of this, <laughs> we'll let us say two. Yeah. So I need to be layering. <laughs> yes, and you need to be able to walk. For like, you need to be able to walk all day. That's it. Okay. So I think your knee, yeah. being able to do lots of strength training for your around knees. that. Yeah. And altitude. I think that's just a lucky. But you, you were the kind. Of, so I guess you'd be the fittest person in like, the world like, to suffer, or so the fitter you are, the less susceptible you are to it. That's yes and no. Yeah, that's, that was the end of it. Yeah. Because I know, I know there were stories when we did Kilimanjaro of Adrian Hayes, who's done mm-hmm. Everest. He was saying that in Everest Base Camp, it was easier because it was so slow, whereas Kili, you do really quickly, and it's the pace and the not acclimatization that is the issue. So it doesn't really matter how how fit you are in that regard, because you can be the fittest person in the world, but if you go up too high too quickly, you'll get sick. So I think what's nice about the Everest Base Camp Challenge is that it's over 10 days, Mm -hmm. and it's to 5,500 so over 10 days, you can acclimatize really so slow and steady. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <gasps> and it's April time. So if anyone wants to join us, they can. Please yeah. do. Safety in numbers, guys. Yeah, we're going to yeah. round up. I'll round up some people as well and get some sign-ups. Okay. And we'll, we'll do it properly. Like, we'll get a we'll get some chat groups together. We'll do some sessions. Go for good. Do morning climbs in towers here. Mm-hmm. On so the they beach. do training around it as well. Yeah. So basically, um, once you sign up for a challenge with Go For Good, you just like you can go to all of their fitness events um, and not need to pay anything. It's like a 
as a part of the, the challenge. So basically, normally in the winter, they do every Tuesdays, we stair climb um, Media One Tower, which is like 44 floors. I know, I used to work in it. And, oh. when, and when there was an earthquake, we had to walk down. There was an earthquake, was it? Yeah, a few years ago. Yeah. And uh, we all got evacuated, so I had to walk down. We were on the 34th floor. So we were, nice. you know, uh, yeah, it was interesting. And then the next day, you had a bunch of really unfit journalists being like, my legs yeah. are killing me. Yeah. So what's interesting, like, uh, the first time I went back and did that, my right leg, the whole way up the stairs was, like, shaking, like, uncontrollably. I have two different bodies. My left side is fit and healthy and an advanced yogi. Mm-hmm. And my right side is like, oh, my sick God. Sick puppy. Yeah, sick puppy, please help me up the stairs. So it was shaking. My whole right side was so sore the next day. But you get that. But after about um, a couple of weeks of doing it, you're, you're good. Like, you can walk up those stairs and you're like, wow. I just And down that. the stairs, presumably. That's the harder more part. Yeah, problematic yeah. Well, for the knee. Yeah, so, I mean... There's nothing more intricate than just get your legs strong. Maybe just work. So we spoke, like you spoke the other day on the radio, unilateral, mm-hmm. so one side, then the other side, rather than just the two-leg stuff. Um, and then it's just endurance. It's just, it's just endurance, you said. That's just endurance. Okay. Well, well it's good that you, what you spoke about the goal thing, because I'm, there's, I've had a lot of clients who want to lose weight, and it's like, my goal is to lose weight. And like you spoke, I'm on the scales. I'm like, well, why don't we just leave that over Not here for bad. now? Mm-hmm. What can't you do in your life right now because of your weight that you want to do? Like, how can we go, let's pick Everest Base Camp, so that's the mission. So you're getting out of bed at 5 a.m. on a Tuesday morning, not because you want to lose weight, because you're so overweight and you're so... Because I don't want to be crying on a mountainside while everyone goes ahead without me. Well, that's the motivation. No, look, no one's (laughs) going to go ahead without you. You'll be surprised. Unless unless being cold makes you really cranky. (laughs) (laughs) She is a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Friend nudge on that edge. When you you go into one of those challenges, like I've met my best friends on those challenges, and they've been my best friends for like the last eight years. Because you get onto a mountain and you start to feel really shit, you're vomiting, and the person next to you is like pulling your hair and (laughs) cleaning you up, and it's like stink because you haven't showered in five days. I'm really selling it to you. Great, where are the tongs? Wet wiping, and the other person's like wet wiping. Anyway, it's you really develop a, a really nice bond, and you get to talk and meet some really amazing people like people in my community man they're amazing so you'll have some really lovely conversations yeah so this is april yeah april it's it's uh it's a 15 day i think from start to finish i think that's what it's that's without like that's like sleep without kids that's a holiday Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah in the cold on a mountain with a wet wipe Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what kind of food are we talking about? I think the food's great. Oh, look, I don't know. I haven't done Everest Base Camp. I've done Kilimanjaro and the porters. They were amazing. The food was really great. I climbed Kili, though, as a complete vegan. And uh, when I did that, they didn't really uh, accommodate vegans. Mm. But what was really great is you had everyone had a piece of fruit in the morning. And so basically everyone was passing down their fruit and I would just eat a plate oh, of fruit. Oh, like, like a vegetarian. Yeah, the, the monkey, yeah. So I climbed, <laughs> I climbed hilly eating like 10 bananas for breakfast, 15 slices of watermelon for, for lunch and 20 bananas for dinner. Like that's it. <laughs> it was what were they giving you the dairy stuff and like no it was mostly like so everyone was eating eggs and toast for breakfast and then they were eating some like meat thing a piece of fruit and vegetables and i think 
I think all and the, the, so there was meat in every meal. It was look if you're a normal eater, it was amazing. Okay, everybody was really happy with that. So you're going to be fine. The food's great. People, yeah. I've spoken to some people. There's a bar. Oh, not on not near the. There's a bar near the like where you start off and where you come back down. Mm. Apparently, it's That's really definitely the best pint yeah, of your life. At it's the a really small traditional, and the names of the drinks are not clean, <laughs> recitable names. <laughs> Of what they sell, there's only like three or four beers there, um, so that's Amazing. that's what's okay. what's to look for. So that's the motivation. Yeah, so we're doing this. Okay. <laughs> yes. I, I am keen. Well, I spoke to my mum about it. She's like, I think you should do it for your fortieth. I'm like, nah, that's three years away. No, but I don't even go to the top. Yeah. Then I'll go to the top for my fortieth. For fortieth, yeah. Okay, can we just get this one done first? Yeah, <laughs> yeah one step yeah. at a time, literally. So, you went jumping the gun. What's with that? So, I said to him really briefly when I was doing this challenge, I was like, I'm going to do all the mountains in the Middle East. He's like, why don't you do all the mountains in the world? I was like, slow down. you got a lifetime, don't you? What are you going to do? Hold your horses. Yeah, why not? Let's start here. So, yes, you're right. But someone would be really nice, like Hawaii. Why not? Yeah. yeah Mauritius, why not? Yeah, but then there are some also some ones that are not very nice. You're like, going to some of the worst ones already. You're, apart from the weird ones in Africa that are like, mm. well, that's nobody even knows what's going so, on there. Yeah, I don't say it that way. I say it very differently. There's you, okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah. let's not argue. So eyes on Everest. Yeah. April yes. 2020. Yes. That's it. So it's not far away at all. Um, oh, thanks, Keith. That's great. Yeah, you got to. Well, you're, you're doing great. Thirty yeah. kilos down. Um, Hopefully another kind of just a few 10, more, 15 by then. More. I mean, God, on the day doing that up the thing with whatever portion control, we'll all come back. That's true. Bikini bodies. <laughs> <laughs> just how long you can hold that off for? Um, where can people follow your stuff online? Um, I have a parenting website and social media feed called The Mothership. So that's at The Mothership DXB, and then I'm on air on Dubai Eye every weekday from two until five, where you guys come on and we share all sorts of different information about living and working in Dubai, but also following inspiring people's journeys, some food as well, and uh, yeah, kind of connecting the community. What's that? It's just Dubai, what's the whole website? Dubaii1038.ae. Cool, because I send that to people quite Mm. a lot. Okay, cool. Thanks for coming in. Pleasure. Thank you for having me, I think. Yeah, we'll recap. Pass me the forms. We'll recap. Yeah, we're just here. We'll recap on everything in a few months and see Definitely. how we're all doing. We'll just see keep how track that stair climb is going. Yeah. Cool. Drink. See you guys. Thanks. Bye.